Is it on? It's on. Everything's on. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Publish, Perish or Podcast, your regular opportunity to see if science washes its hands after going to the toilet. I don't know whether it would. Um, I reckon it'd have gloves on. Yeah, it would have gloves on. Of course it would. And safety specs. (laughs) (laughs) Splash pack. That's right. (laughs) Today I am joined by Cameron Shearer. Yes, you are. And our first ever Publish, Perish or Podcast guest. What? I know. <laughs> My father, Ian Stapleton. Hello, everybody. It's great to be here and share this moment with you. I've been looking forward to it for at least five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my dad is visiting from the UK and Chris can't be here tonight. Apologies, because he's um, got some sort of weird workshop thing on, I think. No, I th- actually, I thought it was at the doctor. Wasn't it a weird rash thing? It was a weird rash, that's yeah. right, yeah. I think it was mainly around the helmet of his penis <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, yeah, So, but Chris has sent us some things from the emergency ward um, and we'll be listening to those later on in the podcast. Yep. So that's good. So in keeping with the theme of our podcast, normally we ask, Dad, do you wash your hands when you go to the toilet? No. I <laughs> tend so confident. Well, I know I, I tend to wash them after I've been to the toilet. Washing, oh. them, washing them before is absolutely doesn't you, gains no value at all. Dad, you're getting into the dad jokes early. That's right. You got me on a technicality. That's <laughs> <laughs> good, Cameron. Now everyone knows that sometimes you just can't wash your hands when you've been to the toilet after you've been to the toilet. What in what's it? I can't think of a one situation where that would be the case. Well, you know, like maybe you've just been for a quick wee at a festival. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, people don't like to admit that they don't wash their hands when they go to, after they go to the toilet, right? But I remember once, I'm not sure if I've told this on a, on a previous podcast because they do seem to revolve around toilets a lot. But someone... I want to hear this. W- had a wee. I was next to him in the urinal. Mm-hmm. Or the urinal. Now I have to do like the English and Australian <laughs> saying of that word. Um, so I was stood next to him. I saw he had a wee. And then I was, I finished and I was kind of queued up waiting for this single basin. And he essentially put on a performance for me. He just turned on the tap, let it run for a bit, turned it off and then left. As if to like, be like, yeah, I wash my hands, whatever. Ah, so it was like a little so performance. He's tricking you. He's no tricking one, he me. Can't, he's not tricking anyone else, No, is he? it's a performance solely for me. That's it. How do you know he actually touched it? Touched his willy? Yeah. I don't know. That's a good oh. point. I should have looked harder, <laughs> as you normally do at the urinal. Just so you know, do I need to check if this person washes their hands or That's not? That's right, yeah. <laughs> and then think, I'm going to talk about it on a podcast. Why do you think the toilet's a highly polished stainless steel? Don't so know. you can have a look without them knowing you're looking. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is this, this is like Ian Severn's Pervert O'Clock podcast. All right, so normally we do a little bit of news from the week. And I'm going to start because last, oh no, was it two weeks ago now, we actually released the first podcast. Yes. And so it's actually really good to see feedback. And we actually got our first feedback from a listener. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you ready? In what form did this come? Come from an email. 
Ah, yeah. And I think you got it as well. But Renee Gorham. Yes. I she says, I know her. Listening to your podcast, awesome. Thank you to you all. Mm. And then a winky smiley face. Okay. Which means she fancies one of us. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Can I just say, I've only been here five minutes. Can I give you some feedback? Yeah. Oh, what does that mean? I think he's trying Just to make don't the feedback stand too close noise. to the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's a bit that's that's good. That's good news feedback yeah. stuff. So I'm pleased about that. Yeah, so, keep sending him in. Yeah, keep sending in your feedback. We'll read them out, good, bad, or otherwise. Uh, no, sw- oh no, I was going to say no swear words, but it really doesn't matter. No, um, you have put explicit down on now iTunes. Yeah, that's right because Chris can't help but say fuck. <laughs> um, any news, Cameron? Um, I've got uh, an interesting story from this week. Oh, good. Uh, so, you know how we all have some students that we would take care of? Yep. Uh, and my office, I mean, Ian, you haven't been to my office? No. Um, I share an office, as all professionals would, and uh, my particular desk is very close to the door. Um, and so it does get a bit awkward sometimes when I'm working on my computer and I can kind of sense someone's at the door, but... You know, so I guess it's maybe a little bit weird whether they knock on the door or just say, excuse me. So I got a new one this week where I had a student stand at my door and just go, (coughs) in order to get my attention. Yeah, that's horrible. What did you do? Did you cough back? (laughs) What's the appropriate response? I don't know. What would you do in that situation? What would I do in that situation? Probably ignore it the first time because it's very ignorant, isn't it? Yeah. Unless, of course, they had been to the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> what? And they didn't want to knock on my door? And just, <laughs> their hands were still wet and they needed some help. <laughs> well, no, it's very ignorant that people just sit back and grunt. They should just do a little tap on the door, be fine. Mm. I wouldn't tap you on the shoulder because, you know. No I, no, I don't want that. Do you want a kiss on the cheek? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, yeah, so it definitely could have been worse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I would just uh, turn around, look at them and then said, uh, did you just clear your throat at me? Uh, and they and they uh, got embarrassed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. nodded. Be- well, scientists don't deal well necessarily with being embarrassed because it's an awkward situation in in a science situation anyway. Mm-hmm. So, what did this must this person must have just like wanted to dissolve into the floor? Maybe. I'm not sure. Did you feel good about it though? You were like, yeah, fuck you. Uh, well, not really. I don't oh. like being confrontational. I normally get a bit nervous yeah, very okay. soon afterwards. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like quite hot headed, and sometimes I do things which I know are yeah. touching the line. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I do them. So. so you don't think that was maybe a, a little bit respectful from the, the person because they didn't know how to approach you, hadn't met you before, and kind of yeah. was a bit uncomfortable anyway. How do I actually greet this guy? How do I get his attention, you know? Mm. Text would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give out my phone number, but that's a, another topic we could talk. So yeah, that's not yeah. your phone number in the toilets I've seen then? Which one? The one that says... Dad, you... you've only been to my toilet. Why has Cameron written his number <laughs> in my bathroom? Well, I thought maybe he left his number there in case people needed to know how to wash their hands or something. <laughs> oh my For God. tips. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Hand washing <laughs> tips. Dad and I have just recently come from New Zealand. So I was over in New Zealand. Um, that's where my brother lives now. Yeah. So we were visiting, visiting there for, uh, what, was it about just over a week, wasn't it? Was. And okay. have you ever done an escape room? I have. How wicked are they? Yeah, that's quite fun. Yeah. So it was me, Dad, and Lee. 
we um, yeah booked ourselves into this escape room and we did it, we did it in forty nine minutes. Oh, you got you got out. We got out. Did you get out? No, I didn't. Oh, I'm beating Cameron at something. <laughs> this is gonna fuck. This is gonna kill him. Of course, because um, there was a bit of like obviously mature thinking in the room. <laughs> ah, that's what it is. That's what it, it was. So you know, we the three of us together. I thought three was a good number. Many more could have got really confrontational yes. and argumentative, but we did actually get together our heads and we only had two clues which is means we're Sherlock's mm. and we, Sherlock, I don't ones. think Sherlock and, would have got a clue and we, <laughs> and we all did actually um, contribute in different levels um, <laughs> dad just shut up and wait for you to be asked to do something alright <laughs> so you were more the muscle than the situation no I was what the hell was going on in the corner but I did contribute every, some every time there was like a lull and we'd got to like a clue and couldn't work out dad just like it was silence and dad would go Something to do with the clue, and we're like, we know that's why we're in here. <laughs> but I can say that I did actually ha- help in two occasions because my OCD, which I do suffer from, there was a picture on the wall. You don't which... suffer from that; everyone else suffers from it. Oh, that's correct. Everyone else suffers from my OCD, <laughs> and um, there was a picture hanging on the wall which was wasn't quite square. And I said, I'm not happy with that, so I went to straighten it up, and there was a key underneath. Oh, there you yeah, go. You did it. That that's the kind of thing I, I I would never get because I'm only looking for the intellectual clues. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> we were good at the like number and sort of like puzzly games, but can dad actually, uh, dad got us out. Can I ask you something, Cameron? Do you know when you're in the science world? Yes. A number is very important. Uh, yes. If you were like a PhD or a doctor of science or chemistry, would you expect to know how to do simple equations? Yes. And understand that a formula would maybe like an algebra, a letter or a set of four num figures wouldn't match up to a number? I feel like you're leading the witness, but yes. <laughs> Good. I just wanted to confirm it because we had this little equation to do and Andy wrote this equation down twice. And oh, wow. I got it wrong the first time. And of course, Dad being there, I had to say, I think you've got that wrong, son. <laughs> and we did, and we opened up another padlock. Ah, there you go. However, it was there a great and did, Andy, did, and did Andy immediately believe you that he was wrong? Ah. Yes. Oh, there we are. That's, oh, that's not bad, pretty good. Yeah. I wouldn't have believed you. I would have... Well, do you know when you're doing something, you realize that it's gone wrong, but you don't want to admit to it, so you have to wait for someone else to notice? (laughs) (laughs) There's a problem here. That's right. There's a problem. I know it's me, but hopefully they'll think it's them. (laughs) But can I just say that at the end, the key, the final key was presented, and of course, I I let us out. Oh. That's what Dad said. So that's the true winner. Well done, But but it was a good experience. I enjoyed it. We had a a real good laugh. Because you're our first guest... The rest of us in our first ever kind of pilot episode were introduced as if um, they were going to go give a conference talk. So when you present at a conference, you normally, if you're important, you normally get someone saying your past history and your qualifications and that. So I've written one for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's professional. He's written, I've it, written down. it down. It's on a piece of paper. So our next speaker is Ian Stapleton from... <laughs> The University of Life, <laughs> who graduated from the School of Hard Knocks uh, in 1985 and currently lives and works in Plymouth in the United Kingdom. How's that? Um, if I graduated in 1985... <laughs> yeah, that's 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of so left... you graduated this, the moment Andy was born? That was Is the that kind of point, yeah. Yes, oh, right. I see, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Understand. Oh, you remember when oh, he was you're... born now. <laughs> <laughs> Just about... <laughs> I remember, more, he, I remember when he was conceived. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Jesus. So 30 years and nine months anyway. Okay, it continues. His notable achievements include raising two awesome sons. Debatable. Okay. 
And having an amazing capacity for retaining bad jokes. Correct. Today, Ian's presentation is entitled Exploring the Relationship Between Alcohol Consumption and Shit Jokes, an error in which he is highly qualified. That's it. And then we applaud. And then you start your presentation. Oh, thank you very much. And so I'm imagining the graph of alcohol consumed versus shit jokes goes, the more alcohol you consume, the shit are the jokes. That's true because the more alcohol the harder it is to actually remember the longer jokes and the more <laughs> clever jokes. So the short ones so come to me. So it's just all setups. Not necessarily. No punchlines. All punchlines and no setups. I feed off what people say generally, but they always trigger something in my head to come up with some really, really good dad jokes. Well, Dad, well, do you know what? I, I remember a, a thing with Dad. You had a hat. You had a hat and it had a, a little kind of saying on the front. And that saying was, instant idiot... Just add alcohol. Obvious way to convey that you're ready for a laugh. <laughs> yeah. However, there's a lot of pressure being put on me in life because of the my aptitude for alcohol and telling dad jokes on a continuous basis. Oh, come and meet my dad. Give him a few drinks. He'll tell you some jokes. Uh, it doesn't always work that way. But uh, generally it does. People like hanging out with you. But oh, your hat said out. it does work that way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, false advertising. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Cameron... I know everything about this man because you know I spent. I've, I feel. I feel like I know a lot. Maybe not everything because you did spend the like. How old were you when you had me, Dad? I think your mum had you, but um, <laughs> I was there. I was there in about about. I was twenty-four years old. Twenty-four. So yeah. you had twenty-four child-free years. Yes. And then I came along. Yes. So were you telling dad jokes in the first twenty-four years, like in some, some sort of weird warm-up? Is there any? Are there any jokes you want to tell right now? Any jokes I want to tell right now? When I was younger, I, I obviously wasn't married and I thought to, to myself, single man, down Union Street, which was the roughest part of Plymouth. Mm-hmm. It's where I, the pubs and clubs are. Fancy some sex. So um, I went over to one of the local ladies of the night <laughs> and I said to her, how much for sex? And she said, five pounds. <laughs> now I can say her five pounds was... Nothing really. Is this a joke okay. or is this a confession? And I said to her, <laughs> I married her. I said to her, I said to her, five pounds, that's ever so cheap for sex. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, I've got no womb. I said, well, that's better for sex, isn't it? She goes, no, we'll have to go across the road and have it up against the whalings. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. Ah, Good. Yeah. I knew there'd be one. There's one lurking. Speech impediment jokes. <laughs> So the one thing I think that with having a parent here mm-hmm. is the insight that without parental support, I don't think many people would get through university. No. Def- uh, it would be so much harder. Yeah. And so dad and, and my mum put two boys mm-hmm. through university. Over how many years was that? Because we had a, a couple of years overlap, but... I would say educational years between the two of you, seven years. Yeah. Overlap, but seven educational years. No, eight Yeah. educational years, not including your PhD here because that was obviously funded by yeah. Australia. But eight educational years and I was supporting them through that. Yeah. I mean, that's tough. So what did you... So are you, is, is, are you paying for Andy's education as well as some of his living expenses? We paid his... It was different then, but we paid his fees 
and we paid your living expenses. Yeah, you did. So were the fees relatively low in the UK at that uh, point? It was five hundred dollars a semester per subject. Nope. Okay. No, hang on. Did I say dollars? Five hundred. What is it, Dan? No, I can tell you what All it right. was. I think it was always, <laughs> it's written down in his bank yeah, account. You're going to get the bill that he leaves. <laughs> it was about £3,000 per year, per one. Per year? Yeah, about, about 3000 per year, I believe. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a, you think about that. I mean, that's a lot of money, particularly for, um, for if you've got two people in uni at the same time. I mean, there's a couple of years overlap there. I'm but, not... I can tell you how much I can tell you how much we spent over those eight years. If yeah, you that's interesting. Go on. Do you want me to tell you? Yep. Fifty thousand pounds. Oh wow! So what's that in dollars? You double it about. So it's about a hundred thousand dollars. One hundred ten thousand dollars. Oh, over over eight years. But that's mental. That's what you have to do to get yeah. them through. And we're here. and We've got the rewards for it, so we can't yeah. complain. Well, it was good because dad dad said like, well, pay your um pay your fees, pay your living expenses just do well yeah that was it yeah that was my the only kind of thing was to just try to do well what about your situation cameron like um yeah so i also had my university fees paid for by my parents yeah um i guess i'm lucky enough to be from a wealthy enough family that we never had any problems and yeah um education was something they always spend money on so my high school per year was more expensive than what university was because wow, university okay. is relatively cheap. Yeah. Um, but there are some very expensive high schools that you can, that can, that you can attend. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that uh, without that support, I would have, you know, maybe reconsidered going because as we, we talked about before, I wasn't super keen on studying i was yeah. kind of just doing it because it was the right thing to do and it was the next thing to do and i didn't really want to join the workforce yet so yeah if there was any type of hurdle um i, I might have stopped at at times where and congratulations for another sports reference hurdles <laughs> uh, yeah that's <laughs> yeah. right <laughs> or activation barrier then there or something we are like yeah that. He, he drew it out so it must have been the 400 <laughs> <laughs> Sports but no, I would say though that um, I'd feel I'm blessed to be able to be able to, I mean, to give Andy and his brother support because mm. not all parents can do that. I know uh, that. Yeah. But we made a conscious decision that we would support them through it, provided they just stuck at it and they did. They've come up with the results that we asked them, and it opens up doors for them. It's given them the confidence to go off and do things, move to different countries, miles away from their crap dad. Um, oh. and just away from your dad jokes yeah, really although the problem is Skype just does yeah. nothing about that any, saves them up any, any young youngster or anybody listening to this podcast and who's a parent or it's the best thing you can do is invest in your children's education if you can afford it and they apply it correctly afterwards that's the most important thing yeah and I'm really, I'm lucky where they both have mm. and it's given me opportunity to go parts of the world I probably would never have even gone to mm-hmm. so it opens up doors for the parents as well Takes yep. them to different places. We we did mention that I was going to ask a question, and then uh, it got taken over by dad jokes. Yeah, that's right. So, um, please, Cameron. Yeah. So I guess we just went to serious. So I'll go for my more jokier question. Good. It's like, so you two are from the same area of the UK, aren't yes. you? Yes. So why don't you have the same accent? Uh, so I think <laughs> I can answer this one for you. Okay. And I can be interrupted. I think. 
<laughs> I come from an area of England which has got a very Devonshire accent. Mm-hmm. Andy had a very Devonshire accent. He had one. But mm-hmm. I think what happened is when he was at University Swansea, I believe, he decided that he didn't want to have the <laughs> Devonshire accent. And I think he purposely practiced not to have the oh. Devonshire accent. And that's why he's got a more Middle England posher mm-hmm. with that obviously... Australian twang at the end. This sounds makes me sound like such a snob <laughs> that I've like changed when my it, accent. Are you, are you disagreeing? No, it's absolutely true. <laughs> well, I think Adelaideans have all got different accents. Well, you yeah. know that Adelaide wasn't uh, a convict colony. Oh God, everyone tells you this. They're so proud of it. Oh, it you was. didn't know? No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't a convict colony. We were we were formed by free settlers. Dutch, and that's, and that's why we speak like this. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I think it makes. Australia always seems to be brought it up. Amazes me. About 400 years ago, if you had a criminal conviction, you could get in. You know, 2016, <laughs> you got a criminal conviction, they don't want, they don't want you past yeah, their borders. Yeah, it's the opposite. How patronising and how... Un, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the word? I think it just shows how much better Australia is than England now. They are. They're inconsistent. <laughs> Over 400 years. Yes, it's rubbish. <laughs> that's, like us, that's like us in Britain now celebrating Shakespeare dying, right? 400 years ago. Get over it. Yeah. Can you name a... Can, Cameron, can you name a Shakespearean tragedy? A tragedy? Uh, is Romeo and Juliet? No. Shall I tell you one? Okay. He learned to write. No, <laughs> I didn't know I was in a setup. <laughs> yeah, he'll do that. Yeah, I thought I was right. <laughs> yeah, good. Have you got any more questions for? for yeah, Dad I do. Or? Okay, the cool. next one's a slightly serious one, but we'll see how how it goes. All right. So, Ian, uh, can you just quickly explain to me what it is that Andy does? Oh, that's such a good question. At home or at work? <laughs> <laughs> well, do work first and you can do it at home after. Yes, what I think Andy does at work is he works... I've told him as well. He works in a department that are looking at reflectors. Yeah. As in very, very, very highly porous mirrors, which will kind of harness the energy from the sun and obviously ping it off the mirror into something which will hold it. That's the mm-hmm. layman's term. Yeah. And then they'll try and use that and store it and be able to use it later on. That's I think it's pretty what, good. That's Andy? really good. Yeah. yeah. Pass? Yeah, pass. Ding. What did I do for my... Actually, Dad's got a copy of my PhD thesis, oh, yeah. of which you have re- you said you read the, uh, the um, acknowledgement section. Yes. And then it got confusing. I read the last page as well. <laughs> my name was on it. <laughs> um, so, what did I do for my PhD? Do you know? It was to do with um, volvatatic nanoparticles, something like that, which is basically solar power, right? Harnessing harnessing this power from the sun into panels, like a solar panel. Mm-hmm. Where, but a solar panel that we use in Europe, it it's instant, it's instant power. You can't keep hold of it. And the idea of this was to take it and put it onto a film that yep. Kodak provided, and try and harness that and store that as well. So it's all about renewable energies and storing it. That's good. Once again, not too yeah, bad. Is, is yeah. that right again? Is yeah. it? Yeah. Can, well, I, just, I, mean, like, can so, I just say? Yeah. Hundred thousand pounds. Hundred thousand. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Hundred. Hundred thousand dollars. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, the book's definitely oh, not worth yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so what I did is I asked Dad 
because this is the first time we've had a non-scientist, well, first of all, a guest anyway. I asked Dad, I said, you know, being so far down the rabbit hole mm-hmm. of science, yep, it would be kind of nice to have some questions from a non-scientist yeah. about maybe something that you want to know or confused about, like general science stuff. Well, I try to give a bit more thought about it than All just, right. you know, like the old favorite question, what is stuff? You know, I didn't want to do yeah. any of those kind no, of good. Yeah, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because we don't know that one. <laughs> well, it's what you put in chicken, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to answer any questions anymore. <laughs> Still, do you want me to ask you a question, guys? Please. Yes, please. Well, this is, a, this is the, the question. My very first question. You ready? Science. What's more important, research or application? Oh, Cameron. I think that research is more important. It's kind of like the chicken and the egg, isn't it? I think that um, application is kind of a, a result of the research. I absolutely agree. I think so. What's more important, research or application? Right. That's the that's the question. Yep. And I, I, I they're not mutually exclusive. Mm. So good research, particularly now should have a, a proper application and especially like industry now in Australia they they, they want those things they want the, the, there's no more sort of focus on blue sky research yeah and people do want an application for the things they're they're making I think what I mean by that is um what I'm trying to say as well is are there scientists that research and scientists that apply what people have researched yes it yeah, means, it's like definitely. standing on the shoulders of giants. Sure. That leads to my second question. Oh, it, okay. Oh, look at this little plowing through him. Yep. Do you think that some positive findings in science research have in fact had a negative effect on humanity, i.e. in the medical world and maybe robotics? And what oh. I'm trying to say is medical, where you make something that saves lives that otherwise nature would have sorted out itself. Yeah. Robotics mechanics etc replace people less they don't earn money thus mm-hmm. the social side all right so do you want to be like of there are so many occasions where science has got it wrong so for a while there was um a birth control pill where if like they could make it and they would make a chemical which is exactly the same chemically except it was like a, like a mirror image of itself and one mirror image caused deep birth defects and the other... No, no, it, um, it so was it for was a, morning sickness. That's right. So yeah. this is the thalidomide. No, uh, I, I was brought drug. up in that era. Yeah. yeah. Remembered it well. Yeah. Um, but I guess you really want to say like, so if we're prolonging the life of people, is that then causing issues for, say, society? So having a aging population and... Uh, say more people on the pension is that not pension more people on the planet <laughs> I'm a great believer uh, in yeah. I'm a great believer in and I'm, I, I say this with respect that cancers heart attacks coronary disease all those things that kind of people die from mm-hmm. is a nature's way of culling but we but scientists obviously work hard to prevent that yeah and it causes I think it causes massive problems right throughout the whole social living humanity earth Existence. Yes. 
God, this is so... Yeah, I think so it's... This, I mean, this is an ethical question as well, right? At what point do you refuse treatment, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of people, the, the most of their medical treatment is in the last two weeks of life. And that's when people get a lot of, well, just in terms of money and effort. Yeah. Um, and it's about when do we refuse that? And then you're saying that, well, potentially we should review, refuse it. We should make people potentially comfortable through that process, but not attempt to prolong their life. No, I think when a scientist going to stop looking at more and more drugs to do that job? I it's think, a really interesting question. Yeah. I think it's something that everybody feels empathy for. And so it is something that the public in general really gets behind because they can see that type of research either directly helping them or maybe in the future helping them. And like cancer research, health research mm. is something that gets a lot more funding than what the, say, the more say basic level research like we do. Mm, like the material gets. science side of things. So like the, the bit about the, the robotics or the mechanical yeah. scientific innovations that actually people lose their jobs let's talk about mm-hmm. the tram conductor oh we talked about this the other day the tram conductor you i still know. have tram conductors no no they got rid of them oh. about two years ago well that's how often i get a tram <laughs> <laughs> so they've invented this brilliant brilliant scientific way of taking your car details and money off you but somebody somewhere has lost their job because of that yeah so i it, it, it's tough because technology, I think in the past, people have always said what the invention of whatever will result in the loss of jobs. Yep. That's happened lots. And there was a great talk that I heard on the radio and they said, think about the ice industry. Mm-hmm. In the ice industry years ago was literally chunk, like chipping out massive chunks of ice from the, the poles or close to the poles putting them on boats, shipping them all over the world, you know, like, and yeah. when refrigeration was invented, that industry dissolved overnight. Then people could make ice in their home. And, and what the argument was is that in a lot of ways, technology does stop certain jobs from existing. But what's important is that it creates opportunities and it's you've got to get those people and you've got to give them the skills so that they can then transition to a new industry. Cameron, anything to add to the um, industry? Uh, sorry, the robotics. Well, I think that the like the ice industry one is a bit different in that the you know refrigeration is obviously far superior than Ice Man driving mm. down the street. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure so much if robotic tram conductor. What is it? Just a machine it's on the just tram. Just a machine. Yeah. I don't know if that's actually better than tram conductor. And the irony of this particular question is the only people that potentially won't leave that lose their jobs are the scientists that are developing these new skills. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but what if but what if once we've developed it, then that's our job over, isn't it? No, because you're a scientist, you move on to something else. The <laughs> conspiracy deepens. Did that answer did that answer a question? Or is have you got anything you want us to sort of expand I on? I think it was the kind of politician's way of answering a question oh, like, yeah. Yeah. which probably so is- uh, I, I guess on that front that um it wouldn't stop me from making something new because i don't know where it would go after that so i don't like i would f- maybe well i would maybe i would feel bad for these people who would say come out of the job so in andy's case uh he's making these windows that wouldn't need cleaning anymore mm. 
um, that's losing jobs for the window cleaners. Um, so I don't, but that's not really something that's going to stop progress because we are hopefully moving towards something that is even better than that again. Still, you answered it. That's the main yeah, thing. And, that's it. And I'll take from that what I, what I want. Um, <laughs> what oh, does that mean? Yeah. I'm still your straight man, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask one very, very quick last question. Oh, there we are. Good. I think up. I know the answer, but I think I'd like to hear it from a scientist. <laughs> Two scientists. When will we stop doing science? Oh. <laughs> you said a quick answer one. Um, what's what's the? I mean, Cameron, how would you, in the broadest possible sense, what is science? Science is the discovery of things. So, in, or the you know the development towards the understanding of the universe. Yeah. So, in that respect, then there is no end. If you know, yeah. Until we've discovered all there is to discover, then that would be a, a natural end to that. And the, I think the thing is, is that technology allowed, like the advancement of technology, allows us to see different things. So with the in microscope, they were able to see bacteria, and you know that's no different now. We invent a different machine to show us a different sort of thing. So is that fair mm-hmm. that we're kind of always discovering? Yeah. Um, well, like um, in the Star Gate. Um, there's a race of people who um, ascend and they become beings of pure energy. Um, I think that might be when we, we stop doing science. That is the geekiest reference I've ever heard you use. <laughs> Stargate? Yeah. That's that blue pulsing ring that yep. they jump That's the through. One. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Our next section is turning to our expert in the room, Ian Stapleton, Daddy Stapes. As the dad joke expert. Thank you. So what we've done is um, Cameron and I have come up with some dad jokes. And also Chris Gibson, who is in hospital for his penis disease. <laughs> he has recorded some of, uh, of some his dad jokes. And he's an actual dad, right? So he's recorded some dad jokes for us. And what we want you to do is we're going to play them and tell you them sequentially. And what I want you to do is give them a score out of 10. Zero being the worst dad joke, not funny, rubbish, to 10 being like, that is a dad joke that I would be proud to use. All right? I'll be pleased. And if I can find any I can use myself later, I'll be really, really proud. But just as an aside... I really feel like I'm not going to get a new one out here. Yeah, well, that's right. (laughs) But just as an aside, we asked Chris to record this on his phone. And Chris is so bad with technology Uh. that... I was expecting to receive recordings of static. You know what I mean? Like, dad joke one. (laughs) But he did it. So, Chris, well done. Yeah, well done, Chris. Absolutely phenomenal. I'm sure you got outside help. You probably went to the genius bar. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The first dad joke from who? Who do you want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Dad, you ready? I'm ready for this. All right. So I mentioned earlier on that I've had a tough week this week. Um, one of the things was that um, last night I burnt my Hawaiian pizza. Um, I should have put it on a Aloha setting. <laughs> His face. <laughs> Dad. Three. 
Oh, <laughs> burn. Damn Absolutely it. burn. I went high first too. All right, dad. Dad joke. A ham sandwich walks into the bar and orders a beer. And the bartender says, sorry, we don't serve food here. Shocking. <laughs> Good. I had that one too. Did you, did you, did you Google dad jokes? Yeah. We probably got the same one. Two. Two. Winning. Oh. Oh, this is so bad. I thought that was a good one. I thought that was really good. That's why I chose it. That's why I chose it. All right. Should I play Chris? I'll play a Chris pod. You reckon one. you can? Yeah, yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Dad jokes from Dr. Christopher T. Gibson. Number one. What do you call a superhuman creature with such awesome virility that it can literally make life? Answer. A dad, or to be more specific... Dr. Chris Gibson. Oh, he's smiling at that. Is he's, that it's it's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> that was a self-indulgent dad joke. That sounds yeah. like Chris, yeah. We don't do self-indulgent oh. dad jokes. Oh. You can but give him negative points. If you if you, you can't like give it. him negative points. <laughs> I just said you can. <laughs> it's like Minus two. Oh. <laughs> Sucked in, Chris. Uh, All right, rank three. Uh, rank three? Rank, rank two. two. Rank two. All right. My friend asked me to stop singing Oasis songs in public. I said, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he's shaking low. He's rubbing his head. It hurts that much. <laughs> Guys, you have really, really got to up your game a bit here. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you two for that one. Two. <gasps> Come on. We need a step. We thought we were doing so well. Dad. Andy. What is Forrest Gump's password? I don't know. One Forrest One. Now that's good. What? <laughs> <laughs> that was rubbish. That's good. That's the point that's, of dad joke. Now that's good. That's a seven. Seven. That's a good one. Yeah. That's there a good are. play on words. <laughs> Aloha setting. <laughs> Chris, dad joke number okay. two. Okay. Seven. He's got a beat of seven. Number two. What's the difference between a poorly dressed man on a tricycle and a well-dressed man on a bicycle? The answer is a tyre. Oh, Shocking, but very good. <laughs> I'll give him five for that. Five. Oh, come on, Cameron. You got to step up your game, mate. All right. What do you call a fat psychic? Don't know. A fortune teller. <laughs> that's not bad. As well. <laughs> I like that one. Fortune teller. Yeah. Yeah, that's a six. Yep. Yeah. Oh. We're getting there. All right, we're warming him up. We're warming him up. We're warming him up. Questions and answers. Questions and answers. Okay, dad joke number three. Question to Dr. Chris Gibson. Dr. Gibson, everyone says that you're awesome and great and really muscular. Unlike Cameron and Andy, who everyone says are boring, smell like poo, and have really weak girl arms. Why are you so amazing? Answer. Good question. One of the reasons is because I'm a dad. 
I don't think there's a joke. No, that. I think he just wanted <laughs> to just call us girly arms. Quick brag about our girly arms. All right. So thanks, Chris. For the, uh, I'll, for, I'll, I'll come back next like, two years' time for the punchline. <laughs> <laughs> oh, burn. Burn. Dad on dad burn. Here, we'll do, we'll do dad joke four. Is that an actual joke? Why did the letter A go to the bathroom and come out as the letter E? Answer, because he had a vowel movement. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. That's, <laughs> that's 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 three. Oh, three, we got a lot yeah. of twos and threes. It's not even that funny, that one, is it? No. But anyway, Ian, you yes. heard the rumor going around about butter. Go on. Nah, I shouldn't spread it. <laughs> that's a that's a three. That's a three. Oh, we're so bad at this. <laughs> they are bad, bad, bad. We're so bad at this. Even right. I wouldn't tell them jokes. I've got one more. Thank you. I've got one more. Let's have it. Dad. Andy. Two peanuts were walking down the street. One was assaulted. Rubbish. <laughs> oh, right, that's it. I, I'm retiring from dad jokes. That reminds me of my dad joke where there's three nuns walking down the street and a streaker ran past. Two had a stroke, one couldn't reach. <laughs> <laughs> that's dad jokes. <laughs> It's so effortless. <laughs> How's it been too clean? Are, the internet yeah. doesn't do. We haven't. We should have gone for dirty dad jokes. Now I'm winning at the moment with a seven. All right, and I know how competitive Cameron is. So he's had his head in his phone for the last couple of minutes, and the and? look on his face says to me that he feels like he's got a winner. <laughs> I've now known my audience. So you were coming at it from a, an advantage beforehand because I've never met Ian before today. No, that's true. And I know that he's interested to find out um, the answer to this question. So, what does the sign in an out-of-business brothel say? Go on. It says, beat it, we're closed. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's very good. I'll give that a seven. Hey! All right, Dad, so you've seen our efforts. Are there any dad jokes that, or any jokes that, because you're a dad, I guess any joke that comes out of your face is technically a dad joke. Yes. Um, is there, are there any jokes that you feel like you want to release to the world on a podcast forever? I don't know if you heard this week, but the, the guy that invented predictive text passed away. No, I didn't. It's true, yeah. If anybody's interested, it's Funfair's Next Monkey. <laughs> So that was Publish, Perish, or Podcast. Music is provided by the excellent Adelaide-based band VoiceRom. Check out their stuff on their Bandcamp website. And also, now that we're online and we're funky, mm. go check out our uh, Facebook page. And yep. remember, now we're on the SoundCloud platform. Mm -hmm. So subscribe to our feed and yep. you will get delicious podcast sounds into your face every fortnight. You can find it wherever you get your podcast from as well. Ah, that's right. iTunes, yep. Podbay, all that Whatever sort of you stuff. Want. Yeah, perfect. Cameron, sponsor this week. I think this week, uh, Publish, Perish, or Podcast is brought to you by dads. Uh, <laughs> embarrassing kids and paying for education since 1985. Perfect. Well, well done. Thank you, gents. <laughs> Thank Final you. farewell. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. See you later.